what's going on guys welcome on back to second and short and our brand new series brand spanking new yeah new additions was fun but now we are on to the season at hand and more team-based things uh for the time being yeah new additions is old news uh i am tyler louder he is aaron ben and without any interruption here or like slowing down our beat let's jump right into our subject and that is talking about a sleeper uh, the team that aaron thinks in the afc is getting slept on he thinks they're going to be able to move into the playoffs maybe have a run and he's going to explain why i'm going to question him on it i'm going to corner him and i'm going to get all the answers i need uh, but we're going to find out why aaron believes the denver broncos is his team are a sleeper for the 2020 season so aaron let's start with opening remarks let's talk about their 2019 season the Broncos 2019 season is kind of it's kind of weird because uh, I remember they they traded for uh, Joe Flacco and he was going to maybe come in and be like their new savior, like their new Peyton Manning, you know, Super Bowl MVP quarterback who comes in, brings them to the Super Bowl. And, but they, he wasn't really effective and they kind of played around different quarterbacks they drafted drew lock and then in the end it was uh drew lock who started like the last what was it five games of the season and he actually came in and he looked very promising like this is a team that looked very anemic in the first half of the season and then they won five of their last six games so that, i mean they kind of like and I remember especially that game against the Houston Texans. They came in, just blew them up, scored 38 points. I was, as a Titans fan, I was stoked about that. So I think this team showed a lot of promise. And I think the moves that they did, that they made this offseason will improve their chances even more. Um, that's my opening statement, Tyler. Okay, now here's the concerning part that I have. Before we dive into the positives more that you have. From the 2019 season, in review is the offense ranked in the bottom 16 in every offensive category. That's the biggest issue here. I mean, in offensive plays, time of possession, points scored, passing yards, rushing yards, um, everything. Rushing yards was their shining moment at 20th in the league, uh, and that's kind of the downfall there. But we'll talk about how they kind of fix that, and they're going to try and fix that. Defensively, though, Although they're not at the same status they were in 2015, 2016 as a dominant defense, uh, they were in the top 16 of all categories across the board pretty much, uh, with their worst one being rushing yards allowed. So my biggest concern and my question to you is, what have they done to turn around this offense and at least improve it a little bit? All right, well, if we're talking about offense, I think that's where they made the majority of their big moves this offseason. That's where they made the majority of the, the things that I think will help them improve. Um, the first, first of all, is Drew Locke uh, will now have an entire, uh, an entire season <clears throat> to show what he can do. Uh, last season, he came in, showed a lot of promise. I think towards the end of the season, he... Well, I mean, he started towards the end of the season. But, like, in the last few games... He kind of showed sort of a, he was kind of hesitant to take a risk to throw the deep ball as much as he had been doing in the first couple of games he started. It, that has a lot to do, in my opinion, because of the offensive line. Just the offensive line by drafting Lloyd Cushenberry, he's going to probably play center there. 
But what I think is good about Drew Locke compared to the other quarterbacks that played last year is his, he's a bit more mobile than Joe Flacco or than Brian Allen, Brandon Allen. Because Joe Flacco, you know, he's kind of a statue back there in the pocket. Drew Locke, he was only sacked five times in the five games that he started compared to almost, I think it was 38 sacks that Flacco and Allen took in the 11 games combined that they played. So it kind of shows how, yeah, the offensive line is a liability, but if you have a slightly more mobile quarterback, I'm not saying Drew Locke is Lamar Jackson, but he's a slightly more mobile than those two, and he that can really affect sack numbers. And, and he also knows when to throw the ball away, knows when to not take a sack. So I think that'll help out a lot. Yeah, and the other parts here that you're saying the offense is the biggest thing they addressed in the offseason Lloyd Lloyd Cushenberry is obviously going to be uh, a t- uh, he's going to be linked to Drew Locke. If he works out, he should be a center for the next ten to twelve years, ideally. What they also did though is they got him weapons. They went and they got Melvin Gordon. And I know Denver Bronco fans. I know you guys are hearing this right now. You guys love Philip Lindsay, and I get it. He's way cheaper. However, we already talked about Melvin Gordon, so I'm not going to go too much on it. But you can click the link up here be- above on why Melvin Gordon is a good fit for this team. But the key word here is efficiency. And he's very efficient. He gets first downs, better, you know, better yards per catch. But let's talk about the other things that they did to help him out. I mean, Noah Font is coming into his own in year two. Nice receiving tight end. Cortland Sutton's starting to look like a star. And then they kept through, and they just started drafting these wide receivers. Yeah, you can tell that, that their, their attitude going into the draft was help out Drew Locke as much as possible. Like they're sold on him as their quarterback. They they're trying to give him the weapons and the the tools to succeed. You mentioned no fan. He set a franchise rookie tight end record with forty catches and five hundred sixty two yards last year. Cortland Sutton, we saw him go to the Pro Bowl, and then they drafted who most people considered to be the top the top wide receiver in the draft. That's Jerry Judy from Alabama. He's a great route runner. He knows how to get open. Good hands. And then they drafted not only him, but then they went and drafted another wide receiver. Also, a lot of people had him in the top 10 wide receivers in the draft was uh, Kenneth Hamler from, uh, from Penn State. He's a, he's a burner. That guy is a deep threat. He can take the top off the defense. He can kind of do what like Will Fuller does down in Houston. Just come in, be the guy who can take the top off, help other people get open. Yeah, so they went and drafted Albert Okwubunam, a tight end from Missouri, who's also uh, a lot of people kind of have him as one of the top tight end prospects in the draft. Not only that, not only is he getting these receivers that you want for a young for a young quarterback, but like you said, they've got a very deep backfield. They've got Philip Lindsay you mentioned. He's kind of a fan favorite there. And Melvin Gordon came in. He's going to be a bit better in the passing game out of the backfield. And then, like the running, the third running back is Royce Freeman. Who, if that's your, if yeah, if that's your third running back, you're in a pretty good spot. I think the biggest thing, like, and uh, as a Titans fan, you know, and I'm a Panthers fan. There's been so many years when I've been sitting here and I, I, I've been watching the draft, and I'm like, oh man, just get my quarterback some more help. Just get him more help. And then, like, they just neglect it and don't draft receivers and don't draft receivers. And But this is really nice to see that they are putting an emphasis on actually helping out 
the quarterback here. Drew Locke is the importance. They're they're going all in. There's no like you know cushioning it and just like playing playing it safe. They're literally throwing all their cards on the table, pushing all their chips in, and they're saying, "Here's the keys of the castle. Run this team. We believe in you." Exactly. And you have to remember another thing too, real quick before you jump in on that offensive line is that they got who they got a player that some people have ranked as like the number two or number three guard in the draft if it wasn't for injuries and that is uh that is Natane Mutai uh this guy this guy out of uh, Fresno State was looked at as one of the best offensive guards in the draft over the past couple years however he's been battling injuries his biggest thing is that if he can stay healthy I mean, if he can stay healthy, then they got a steal and a guy that's going to be an anchor on that offensive line for many years. It's just health. That's all it is. And overall, the Denver Broncos had a good draft. They did the things they needed to to get into place. And don't forget, as long as we're talking about offensive line, uh, we do have to mention uh, Jawan James, one of the tackles, uh, opted out um, given that COVID-19 opt-out option. So they'll, they'll kind of be missing too. But their offensive line coach is Mike Munchak, who is one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. He was O-line coach for the Titans for a long time when they had back when Chris Johnson was running for 2,000 yards. Then he was O-line coach for the, for the Steelers. Now he's going into his second year with the Broncos. He's done pretty good work with not very many tools. Like he made... He managed to make plays like Garrett Bowles look halfway decent at times last year. I think this is going to be something that they're going to need to address after the season. I think they're going to spend a lot of resources on upgrading the offensive line even more. But I think by drafting Cushenberry, by getting Muti, I think they're, they're headed in the right direction. I just think that probably, in my opinion, will continue to be the weak point of their offense this year. Now let's talk about the defense. Uh, obviously, like I said, the defense isn't, they're not as, sh- as shining as we, you know, as a Broncos fan would want them to be. However, they did, un- they, I mean, they did well enough, in my opinion, to kind of sustain. How can they elevate their game and go from a really good defense to a great defense in 2020? Like, what do they got to do? Because I have my, I have my things I think they got to do, but I want to hear from you. Well, I think, first of all, just the fact that this is going to be their second season under Vic Fangio, who's known as a defensive-minded uh, coach, I think that alone is going to help them a lot because a lot of times it takes a year to kind of get used to a system. I mean, that's kind of – people always say that and kind of use that as an excuse, but I really think the players have bought into what he's doing, especially Von Miller has come out and said that he's a defensive uh, – he called him a pr- professor, I think. So that's one thing. I mean, like you said, this isn't the sparkly, like, hard-hitting defense that won on the Super Bowl a few years ago. But they they still have very good players. They lost Chris Harris Jr., but they replaced him with A.J. Bouye, who's also a very good cornerback from the the Jaguars. They lost Derek Wolfe. They, I mean, even though they started off cold last year, uh, they did end up top 10 points allowed per game. And don't forget about Justin Simmons, who was one of the, the best young safeties in the league, just got franchise tagged. People kind of, I mean, he's not very well known, I feel like, outside of uh, Denver Broncos fans, but anyone who watches him play knows that he's the real deal. So 
And then finally, they have Von, they still have Von Miller, which is, in my opinion, probably the most important tool on the defense. Uh, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's an amazing leader on and off the field. I mean, if the defense needs to do something, he's there to get them to lead them through it. So I think for the defense, I wouldn't expect to see them lose any step. I would probably even expect them to improve in most aspects this year. So here is the issue that I have here since we're talking about defense. Um, last year, the Denver Broncos were 17th in sacks. Granted, Bradley Chubb was not around for the whole season. Uh, they were 25th in interceptions, 26th in uh, forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. They don't win the turnover battle enough. And I think that is the biggest key here for them, too. Uh, last year, there was 10 games that they, didn't, that they did not win the turnover battle, where they were at least even or negative, and they went 3-7. and seven. However, in the six games they did win the turnover battle, they were 4-2. and two. So clearly, that's another tide here. Another thing that they have to improve on is they were 5-3 and three at home, which means, just do the math, they were 2-6 and six on the road. So they have to be able to win the turnover battle at a more consistent rate, as well as win some games on the road. I, 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 ideally, if you want to make the playoffs, you just got to go 500 on the road, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, and talking about turnovers, that's always, like, you always see people talking about how if you have a positive turnover differential, then you're probably in pretty good shape. So I agree with you. They got to get their turnovers up. A lot of that has to do with pass rush, um, getting the quarterback, I mean, sacking him, causing a fumble, or putting pressure, make, getting him to make the bad throw. And throughout the first, I think it was the first three games last year, their defense did not have a sack. They didn't, I don't think they forced a fumble. I mean, that was a lot of their problems. A lot of those stats come from like the really kind of cold start that they got off to in September. Um, I think I would definitely expect those numbers to improve this year. And they're going to have to if they're going to make the playoffs. Now, let's talk about their schedule and let's do some predictions, okay? They have a very difficult schedule this year because they are facing off against the AFC East and the NFC South, which means they're going to run into the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina's maybe not so much of a worry at this point, but that also means they're going to run into the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots. You know, the Jets in Miami are, while they're on the up and up and they're trying to build, they're still tough teams to win. I mean, going into New York is a hard thing to do. And that doesn't even take into, take into consideration the fact that they open against Tennessee and then go play Pittsburgh as their other AFC matchups. So it's not like they have an easy road this year. Yeah, I think, but I think this, this is probably the, the year to, to kind of play against the AFC East and play against the Patriots because you're seeing like maybe kind of a change in guard in the AFC East with Tom Brady being gone. Um, so people aren't sure are the Patriots going to be able to keep up their, their dominance. So maybe this is an easier year to play that division. Yeah, it could, it could be. So let's kind of talk about some predictions here. What do you think is going to be their outlook on the 2020 season? Any type of predictions you want to give me, like offense. What, is, what part of the offense is going to improve the most? Well, I think, first of all, their passing game is going to improve the most. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to run it as much as, uh, 
a lot of people think. I mean, they bring in Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator. Uh, they kind he kind of relied a lot on Saquon Barkley last year, but I think he's going to come in run a lot of three wide receiver sets with Sutton, Hamler, and Judy. And I think that often I think the passing game is really going to open up. And I think that's going to be their most improved aspect of their team. And I would expect that I would I would expect their offense in general to be top half of the league. Now, what about their defense? What is the biggest thing from their defense that will improve in twenty twenty? Just familiarity with this game. Like I said, it's Vic Fangio's second year. I I would expect the defense. I mean, even if they remain around the same that they were, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, and they're obviously going to play at a higher level. I think, I think f- like familiarity with coaching staff is key. Also, health on that defense uh, with Chubb and Von Miller on the outside, they do have you know one of the most formidable pass rushing duos in the NFL. And don't don't forget they they also traded for Jarrell Casey. We didn't mention that, and that's my bad because I'm a Titans fan and I love Jarrell Casey. He's had a bit of a drop off the last year because he's getting up there in age, but he's sh- he's still a great force on the interior defensive line. He demands a uh, double team a lot of times, and he should help out the pass rush as well. Yeah, I was waiting for that. When you said that they when they lost uh, Wolf, I was waiting for you to say who they replaced him with. You didn't say anything, so I was like, you know, what, let's just go. <laughs> but all right, so give me a record prediction. You don't got to tell me which games and everything, but um, I want you to tell me what their record's gonna be. And before you do that, I want you to tell me what you think is going to be the, the game on their schedule that people won't expect them to win, that they're going to win. All right. Well, first of all, they're going, I, I feel like they're going to beat the Chiefs at least once. That's kind of my bold prediction. It's hard, it's hard for teams to beat a team two, twice in a year, especially a good team. And I think the Broncos are good enough to beat the Chiefs at least once. And that's my prediction regarding that. And I think... For in terms of record, probably, I mean anywhere from eight and eight to ten and six, more leaning towards the eight and eight, nine and seven area, and I think that'll be enough because remember we've got seven teams in the playoffs next year. Yeah, if if they would if they would have went nine and seven last year, they would have made the playoffs as the seven seed, and there you have it. You heard it from the man himself, Aaron. The Denver Broncos are going to make the playoffs. They are going to be a 7 or 6 seed, and they are going to upset and beat the defending Super Bowl champions at least one time in this upcoming season. Alrighty, well that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short. Thank you guys for tuning on in today on our brand new Sleepers episode. Uh, Again, pay attention because coming up this week, we have our other AFC Sleeper, from my opinion. And be sure to check out all of our other videos. If you guys missed some of our new edition stuff, go ahead and check it out. Last week, we just talked about Jamal Adams. There's tons of different content there. And be on the lookout because also you can check us out on audio platforms. Aaron, tell them everywhere that they can check us out. First of all, catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're, especially on Instagram, we're very active updating like news updates, discussion points, things like that. Uh, send us a, a DM wherever you want, whenever you want. Um, and then check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get podcasts. We're there. You're, everywhere you look, pretty much, you can find us.
Alrighty, well that is gonna do it here as i said thank you guys for tuning on in and we will see you guys on thursday have a good night on the flip side